0: And all the time, amen, amen. If I walk here next week, we're going to have a special workers meeting. Uh, It's going to be early, 8.30 a.m. I want you to say 8.30 a.m. Don't convince yourself it's p.m., it's (laughs) a.m., all right? For some of you who think it's impossible, some people have been doing it for years, all right? The worship team, the workers, they are here at 8.30 Ministers are here at 8.30. Some of the people in our sound team are here as early as 8.30 every Sunday. So we're just asking you to walk in their shoe for one Sunday. At least you can feel them. You can feel them. You can understand what they go through every Sunday, right? Uh, But it's more than that. I have some important things to share with the workers at the beginning of the year, and I really want all of you to be there. Ministry leaders, I need your help to make sure we encourage people. we we'll get everyone here at 8.30. Between 8.30 and 9.30, one hour, we're going to have a special workers' meeting. And, uh, you know, I trust it's going to be wonderful and a great time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of us are enjoying the fasting season? Amen. Amen. We've been having a great time. It's been great. It's been wonderful. Uh, today is the ninth day. All right. So if you didn't start nine days, gone, just like that, all right? So uh, very soon it will be over, and it will be great. It will be full of testimonies in Jesus' name. If you haven't joined, please join, all right? There's still time to join, Uh, so please be part of that. Let's pray together. Let's trust God that he will fulfill his word in our midst uh, this year in Jesus' name. When God gives a word, it takes us to take the word and run with it. All right, when you receive a word from God, you do nothing, the word accomplishes nothing. Prophecies are given to us so that we can war a good warfare with them, so we can take them and, and war a good warfare. And how do we do that in place of prayer? And that's why we spend, you know, this time to pray and to really make sure God's word works in our life. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, The word of God will walk in your life. Turn to the next neighbor and say, the word of God will walk in your life. Amen. Amen. And God will make it so. Uh, Outpouring will not just be what some people experience. It will be what you will experience. It will be your portion. Outpouring of God's spirit, God's presence, God's power, God's prosperity, favor, blessing over your life. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We started our message series last week on the promise of outpouring. We just want to spend a few weeks to talk about pouring, Uh, you know, to really explain that and to set our hearts right. Uh, you know, we're doing it in, in on Sundays. On in, on Wednesdays, we've also been studying the book of Acts. We started last week. We're going to do it for the next two weeks. Uh, you know, just against the backdrop of what we do every day on the prayer line and, on the, you know, on the booklet that is given to you, just for us to fully understand the implication when there is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, what does he mean to us? What did he do to the early church? How did he affect them? How did he change them? Uh, and, and how does he apply today? And we, we, we've been having a great time. Uh, last week, we talked about what it means, outpouring as a game changer, as a promise of God. As God directed a promise, as a leveler promise, and as a life-changing promise, God doesn't send the Spirit just to you know for us to have emotional roller coaster. You know, God sends the Spirit to create a change, and we saw how He changed the life of the early church. Uh, you know, they you know He changed them for good, and that is what you know God wants to do uh, by the outpouring of the Spirit. We also talk about why we need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, because we are called to a supernatural lifestyle. The kind of lifestyle God wants us to live requires the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we also have been given an assignment by God that needs the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The assignment to preach the gospel, you know, to, to perform signs and wonder, to go to the ends of the earth, requires the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to do that in the flesh, in the energy of our flesh, our mind, you know, our intellect. They will fail us. It requires the kind of faith that comes by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Praise the name of Jesus. Today we're going to talk about thirst or hunger or thirst, you know, as a very key factor in experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Thirst or hunger, they are used when it comes to spiritual... Uh, terms interchangeably, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, Jesus said in one of the beatitudes, blessed are those, that is they are blessed, they are considered blessed, honored, and favored, that's what that word mean, they are considered blessed, honored, favored, and prospered by God, <clears throat> excuse me, those who hunger and thirst, those who can maintain an attitude of hunger and thirst, Hunger and thirst are very, very important. They are put by God, even in the natural, for us to, have, to be able to have life, natural life, and to sustain our life. You know, without the mechanism of hunger and thirst, we can't live, right? Can you imagine you just lose your appetite? It's scary when people lose their appetite and they can't eat. I'm sure you have family members who just can't eat you know that's, that's trouble coming, right? Somebody all of a sudden can't eat, can't drink, they just don't want to eat, they go one day, two days, three days, then you know there's a serious problem. You know something underlining that is not good is going on, and you want to do something about it because what happened is something has been tampered with inside of them. Either it's the emotion, as it's the biology, somehow tampered with that causes them not to desire food, then the desire, desire for food and water is just what God put in there, so we, our life can be sustained, so we can be alive, so we can be strong. We can have the energy to go on in life. When those are no longer there, it becomes a problem, and it becomes a problem that we obviously respond usually and solve. You know, we call the doctors. We, you know, we find things to do. There are medications. We go on. Dr. Google and just try and find out, you know, right? As our doctors today, right, we just go and search and find out what do I need to do, what do I need to, you know, do to fix this so that I can really, uh, you know, be thirsty again. Or sometimes people lose the ability to swallow, and that's another big problem. And, you know, I mean, they have to be fed sometimes intravenously to be able to sustain it, because without the... Uh, without the blessing of hunger and thirst, we can't be alive. How many of us want to thank God for the blessing of hunger and thirst? You know, it's amazing how God works. And the same is true for a spiritual life. The same is true. God gives us that blessing of spiritual thirst and hunger. You know, that causes us to desire him, to want him. And it is that desire in the spiritual term that triggers an outpouring. Uh, an outpouring doesn't happen unless there is a desire for it. So God, first of all, put a desire in our hearts, you know, for an outpouring. And it is that desire that triggers, you know, him releasing it. I'll, I'll, I'll go to the scripture that we read that we read today, uh, Psalm 63, uh, and see David really, you know, expressing his hunger, expressing his thirst for God, and he expressing it in a very, very, very powerful and strong way. In Psalm sixty-three, David said, "You God, you are my God; earnestly I seek you." That's a very powerful and passionate prayer. Earnestly, strongly, quickly, I seek you. I Thirst for you. So you could, you could always use that. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. That is, desire you, want you. In a dry and patched land where there's no water. Now, David is praying like this because he's lost that presence. He's lost the outpouring. He used to experience, he's experienced it before. He's, he used to experience God, he's touched God, he's experiencing. Then he no longer experiencing. And in life, we go through that, you know, once in a while, where we just know we are not experiencing God like we used to. And David went back and said in verse 2: I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name I will lift up my hands. And at least he knew that the only thing that can satisfy that hunger is God's presence. And look at what he said in verse 5: I will be fully satisfied. As with the riches of foods, with the singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed I will remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I mean, that's a very personal and, you know, a personal and very powerful expression of his heart to God. That God, I've seen you before. I've seen you move like we sing, right? You move the mountain. So he's expressing that, Lord, I've seen you move. I've seen you done wonderful things before. And I thirst for it again. He's lost it at this point. He's lost that experience, and he said, Lord, I I want it again. I want it. The only thing that can satisfy this hunger is you. Hallelujah. So, outpouring belongs to people, to the inner seeker, people who can seek God earnestly. Those are the people that qualify for God's outpouring. Now, what is thirst? I think I've defined it, but I have them a little bit written down so, you know, they can propel it. It is a a way of describing a person's own search for God. You know, it's what God put in our heart that causes us to want him. If that mechanism is not there, the desire for God is not going to be there. Uh, Just like if the mechanism of hunger and thirst is not there physically, the desire for food will not be there. Uh, You know? So God doesn't want us to have to force our way to want Him. He put that desire in us. It's very important. It's a way of, uh, you know, it's what propels us to search for God. And everybody, whether they are Christians or not, have that in their heart, that strong innate desire inside of them for God. Sometimes they don't always know, they don't always express it right, you know, but it is there. Hunger is what motivates a person to seek after God. And hunger qualifies us for God's outpouring. Hallelujah. To hunger and thirst for God is the root of our being. It is how God made us. It is how God created us. When there is no hunger for God's presence, it is an indicator that something, something is wrong. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, because this is so basic to human nature, oftentimes we can, people try to find other ways to fill that hunger. People find other ways. People find fulfillment in other things. They go, you know, people, you know unbel- people who are people of the world, they go around and try to fulfill it with fame, you know, with money, with sex, with uh, power, with all kinds of things. You know, with material things, people go out of their way to fulfill that deepest longing. But usually they're still not satisfied, all the time, not satisfied. Uh, people sometimes seek for other gods. There's a lot of, there's a, there has been a very, very increase in the desire for spiritual things over the last 10 years, you know, outside of the church. You know, people go for New Age movement, they are are growing lips and band because people are looking for something. You know, people are looking for all these spiritualists there. Uh, Deepak Chopra is one of the big guys that, you know, who says spiritual things that people are longing for. People are longing for something. And you see, and sometimes it's, uh, it's failure of the church to offer that. Sometimes it's because people go to churches, they don't really meet God. They don't experience him. There's nothing. It's just a gathering. A lot of churches is just ritual. People walk in, they walk out. There's no, there's no touch. You know, people don't experience God. There's no outpouring. And that sometimes forces or makes people to seek this fulfillment elsewhere. You know, go elsewhere to find it. I've seen a lot of very, very rich people. A lot of very, very successful people famous people they travel all over the world travel to india travel to china travel to all these things to find spiritual connection they are hungry for something their fame couldn't really meet it their money couldn't really there's something their money couldn't really meet everything they have they have can can feel their need they wonder that. that is because there is such a, a something God put inside every one of us That causes us to seek him. But the sad part is even sometimes believers, Christians, often find fulfillment in other things rather than God. That's the sad part. And Jeremiah addressed this in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. Look at what he says. He said, my people have done two evils. They have turned away from me. The spring of living water. And they have dug their own wells, which are broken wells that cannot hold water. I mean, God is sad because these are his people that should know better. We should know better. As believers, we should know better. said so the evil first is they turn away from me. I am the only source. I am the only person that can satisfy. Right? I am. Jesus said, I am the living water. The Holy Spirit is the only person that can satisfy that. And a lot of times you see even believers look for things, material things, you know, physical things and things just we can't. I mean, sometimes we look for fame, we look for position. Even in church, we do stuff like that. You know, wanting to, you know, and those things dull our appetite for God. A dollar appetite. And you look at what he calls them broken wells that cannot hold water. Do you spend your time seeking broken wells? Looking for water from broken wells. Broken wells of relationship. You know, thinking that is what will meet that desire. Broken well of, you know, whatever it is. Money, whatever. They can. They can meet. The need for God. The only spring of water that we need is the one that God provides. Praise the name of Jesus. It's important for us to really understand that. We're going to read a few scriptures to let you know the, the importance of hunger in to our spiritual life. Because it's important to know that. Because I also believe that hunger or thirst it's supernatural, can come from God. As believers, we must always, you know, once we sense, you know, that that desire is no longer there, we must always know that something is wrong. The problem is we don't always pick it up. In the physical, we've been trained, we know that. You know, we don't thank God if our child is not eating, right? If you have an 18-year-old that devoured the food, And all of a sudden, they are not eating for two, three days. You don't say, thank God, I'm saving money. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. The guy's not eating in a week. Oh, my God, I've saved $100 or $200. No, you don't say that. You've been trained to know that that's a problem, right? You've been trained to know that that's a problem. If You have a baby that is not eating well. You know that's a problem. You call the doctor. You do whatever you want to do to get them to start eating. Or you force them to eat, right? First of all, you force them to eat. Or you, you know, you do whatever you get. Spiritually, the problem is we don't always know. We don't always pick it up that this is a sign. This is a sign that I'm no longer thirsty for God. I'm no longer interested in coming to church. I'm no longer interested in prayer. You know, I don't even want to hang around believers, I don't even want to hear, you know, the name of Jesus. I've seen people, you know, they've been believers. All of a sudden, they don't even want to hear it. I mean, they come up with all kinds of cute languages that makes them sound spiritual. You know, I just want to take a break. I just need some rest. You know, I just need some time out. Uh, I just need some me time. Yeah, you can get a me time for three days. Yeah, I just need some me time. But it extends it goes, a lot of time. People cover that, you know, with some spiritual lingos instead of recognizing this is a problem. I am losing my hunger for God. I am losing my trust for God. I need a doctor. I need some spiritual medication to fix this problem. Praise the name of Jesus. And you fix it. And that's that's very important. And that's what David was doing in, in, in Psalm 63. Oh, Lord, you are my God. Honestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. I'm in a dry place. Maybe you are in a dry place. Maybe all this talk about pouring is even rubbing you badly. You know, all these people just acting crazy, coming out, doing worship. You know, sometimes, you know, it irritates you. You're like, how come I don't feel like that? I mean, 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 I've been in that place before. You know, where you just don't feel that excited. And you criticize people that are excited. Oh, they're just being emotional. You know, all these things, all these. Uh, I don't do all that, that, but deep inside, you want what they have. You know, you know that they, they feel it. People aren't doing that just because they want to be there. There's something, there's a fire inside of them that they can't shut down. There's an excitement. You know, there's something, there's a thirst, there's a hunger, that something's been met. If you're not feeling that, you know something needs to be done. Isaiah 55, verse 1 and 2 is a very powerful uh, two verses here. I mean, of the scripture. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you will have no money. Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy. There is a thirst for God, there is a need for God that cannot be satisfied with anything. You know, no husband can feel it, no wife can feel it, no boyfriend can feel it, no money. I mean, it's good to have all those, those are not, but they can satisfy where God, okay, the need that only God can meet in our life. And if you even find somebody that if you are with someone that is not being satisfied by God, they become a problem. If you have a friend who is not having, you know, that need for God met, then they look for you to meet that need in their life. I mean, I've been in relationships, some of us have been in relationships where you have people that want you to be God for them. They blame you for all their issues, right? You don't call them for... A day, you a problem. You don't do that, they're this. You don't do that, they blame you, they wear you out. You need to send them a text. John the Baptist said, I'm not the Christ. <laughs> said, I'm so sorry. I am not the Christ. I didn't die for you on the cross of Calvary. <laughs> I couldn't have done it if God asked me to. I'm a good friend, but I'm not a savior. Hallelujah. It's important to know that. There are things only God can mean. In fact, you know, there are some things only you are responsible for. Your relationship with God is you at the end of the day. It's you. I can help. I can encourage. We can be there. We can pray with you. We can encourage you if you really have to be healthy spiritually, you have to take personal responsibility for your spiritual life. You have to pray. I mean, we produce 21 days. After 21 days, now you have to do your own, right? You know, I can't be writing everything for you for all days of your life. No, you have to. You know, that would not be right. That would not be the best way to do it. I mean, we can be organized ha. This 21 day cannot stop. I want to have this fire. No, it has to stop after 21 days. <laughs> we can't continue. It's not sustainable, right? Because at some point you have to say, you know what? I have personal responsibility, right? For my relationship with God, you know, to study my Bible, to pray every once in a while, to fast, you know, on my own. We do that to encourage you. So it is very important for you to know. John chapter 7 Look at what Jesus said, verse 37 and 38. In the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, Uh, that's to tell you the importance of being thirsty. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, the scripture has said, storms of living water will flow from within him. If anyone is thirsty, Come, you who are thirsty. You see, that thirst is very important. It's important for us to be able to maintain it, to, to get it, and to sustain it. Revelation 22, verse 17, we read, we read another one. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, did you hear that? Let him come. Whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. The water is free, but you must be thirsty for it. The outpouring is free, but we must want it. We must be thirsty. We must desire it. Praise the name of Jesus. Only a thirsty person can sustain God's outpouring. We must be able to sustain our thirst throughout our life. Our thirst for God must remain. You must never go. You must never be satisfied. You must never get to a point where you say, Oh, I don't need God again. I've had enough of God. I don't need church. I've had I've been there, done that. When, it, when people say that something is wrong, it's not a language of a mature person. No, it's not. People say, Oh, I, I know everything about church. I've read the Bible cover to cover. What else is anybody going to tell me? That's a, that's a sick person spiritually. When people say that, don't don't praise them. Don't say, oh, yeah, I know. Don't say, oh, no, no, no. That's really, in fact, is a very dangerously sick person who says stuff like that. So a spiritually healthy person is able to sustain their thirst and hunger for God all the time. They are open. They are always interested. They always know that they need God. You can never have enough God that you can take a vacation. And so, you know, I need some vacation from church for a year or two years. That's a serious problem. That's a serious problem. Oh, I need a vacation from the Bible or from prayer. Oh, I've prayed prayed all my dues. Ah, after these 21 days, ah, I think I, God should be able to give me a break. You know, we'll see you next year. No, 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 no. It's our ability to sustain that hunger that keeps us healthy spiritually, that keeps, that's the same, it might sound crazy what I'm talking about, but if you just apply it to the natural, you'll see that it makes sense. You don't say, I've eaten so much, I can take a break from eating for the next one week. You don't do that. I mean, some, if somebody says that, you're going to th- know they're crazy, right? They're, you know that something is wrong. You're going to call their friends, can you talk to your friends? The way where she's talking, something is wrong. We don't say that for food. We know that as long as we are alive, right? We need food. We need water. Healthy food, by the way, right? Hallelujah. We need food. We don't graduate out of needing food. We don't graduate out of needing water. You know, we continue to rely and depend and we depend on our desire for food. Now, because it comes naturally, we don't even know it. You know, when you say, I'm hungry, that's something God put, something triggers that hunger, because now your body needs the food. Now, some people are always hungry, even after they have eaten. <laughs> that's another problem. Maybe we'll address that some other day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people who can control their hunger. All right? So, but... You get the point, right? Praise the name of Jesus. All right. To wrap up, I'm just going to give you about four different keys to sustain, to have, to develop and sustain spiritual hunger. Number one, hunger is a gift from God. And we must always thank God for the gift of hunger and thirst. I'm using hunger, thirst interchangeably. Spiritual thirst is not something we can make up or take credit for. It is a gift. It is something that God does in us. In fact, John 6.44 says, no one can come to God unless God draws him. Right? You know, that desire to want God, to pray, to want worship, when you have it, it feels so good. I mean, obviously, I'd, but when you don't have it, you know how it feels, right? You, you know it, when it's not there, when you have to force yourself to pray, when you have to force yourself to even come to God's presence, when you have to force yourself to do spiritual things, that's when you realize, oh, my God, you know, this is a gift. It is a gift from God. So we must, we must recognize it. We must always thank God for it. And when it's not there, we also know that we can ask for it from God. Hallelujah. So we start with God. When you see that desire in our heart, it's because God put it there. And you know God put it there because he wants to feed us. He wants to supply there's a strong desire for outpouring in our church now, right? There's a strong desire. The prayer, you know, the prayer lines are packed every night, you know. You know, we've been having like 200 calls, and that's calls. Families are praying together. So maybe 300 people are joining the line every day. That's a desire. And the prayer, they are not selfish. If you've been, been joining our prayer, I'm sure some of you are disappointed. When are we, when are we going to pray for myself? You can spend all the time praying for yourself. That's not a problem. But that's designed to really key into the word of the year. Because when there's an outpouring of God's power, God's presence, it leads to an outpouring of everything. God doesn't come alone. He comes with stuff when he comes. Hallelujah. And God doesn't come alone. God is not the, the current airline people in the U.S. that now you have to buy food. Isn't that crazy? You used to want to fly to eat good food, right, for free. <laughs> it used to be like you just fly to eat some different food. Now they, they, they're asking for your credit card in the air. <laughs> so you, you know how to charge credit card in the air to eat good food. And if you want the free one, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so, I mean, it's so terrible. God is not like that. It comes in a package, Hallelujah. When God shows up, he comes loaded. Hallelujah. Hunger and this thirst allows God, gives God the excuse to bless us. It gives God the reason to pour out. And it's a gift from God. That's why when it's lacking, it's the enemy that is stealing it. The enemy that is tampering with it. When he's no longer there... Spiritually sensitive people will know this is the enemy trying to play with me. That you know, sometimes you think, Oh, yeah, I just need a break. I said that ah, I'm going through, I have this, you know, personal issues, you know, with people in church, with people in your life. Some people are fighting with their husband and they don't come to church. What does God have to do with that? <laughs> and God is like, really? What do do church people have to do with that? You know, I mean, some of these things that, you know, but the enemy plays with our emotions. And that's one thing he knows how to do well. He plays with our feelings, emotions, moods. You know, it goes up and down. we do things that they don't make sense if you really think about it. You really think about it. So it's important to really be able to catch it and say, you know what, I'm losing something that is needed for my sustenance. I need this desire for me to be able to. I mean, to be able to be spiritually sustainable. So when it's not there, what do you do? You say, God, restore my hunger for you, restore my thirst for you, keep me the desire to wake up again and worship. You know, and pray, and just read your word and enjoy it. I don't want it to be a chore. You know, I don't want it to be something that is just. You know, I'm just doing it for doing it. Say, give me the desire. Let me be able to say, like, uh, David, I was glad when they said to me, let us come to the house of the Lord. You know? I mean, as somebody, can you imagine when he said, I was glad. Like, they said there's there's another service. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. When he's not there, you're like, another one really? Oh, yeah. Then this, that, then it's a sign that something is missing. All right? Number two, Hunger must be acted upon, or thirst must be acted upon for it not to fade, right? That's something about spiritual thirst. You know, when God puts that burning sensation there, it is almost like when you're hungry and you go eat junk food, or some restaurant that gives you some stupid stuff, so you can't eat the real meal. I mean, they're waiting, and they're putting things on the table, you know, some salsa, something, and you're talking, and you're just, uh, you forget yourself. I mean, they bring your filet mignon, you're like, you are so full. And you can barely eat a quarter, and you have to say, can you pack it for me? And I mean, you you just, I mean, it takes a lot of discipline. Some of these, they give you some bread, something, you're just eating it. So when sometimes we direct our our thirst to something that is not good, to junk food, to things that are not good for us. So we must learn to act on our hunger. All right? When you begin to understand, I say, there's a desire for it, you must RSVP for it, right? You must sign up. You must recognize it. God put that prompt in you to fast on your own, respond. It is because there's a breakthrough on the way. God put that desire in you to start some, you know, some devotion, you know, personal devotion about something. God put that in desire for you to go for a retreat. And you know that, I mean, it has happened to me that I just have this strong desire to have some special prayer time that I'm rationalizing. I am just saying, oh, Yo, you know, Maybe next time, what do I do? I don't do anything about it. After a few days, it just disappears. The devil talks you out of it. The devil is so good at talking us out of things God wants. And we just find other things to fulfill it. You know, we must. We must feed our spiritual hunger. We must feed our spiritual thirst appropriately with what is needed, with what God is looking for. Because that's how we sustain it. You see, thirst is sustained by feeding you know, or by meeting it appropriately. Spiritual thirst. we must meet it. It's very important, very important. So we must act upon our desire, our thirst and do it appropriately to be able to sustain it. Number three, Thirst leads to more thirst in the spirit. Spiritual thirst, spiritual hunger. When he's fed, he actually doesn't quench. That's that's very counterintuitive, right? Taste and see that the Lord is good. The more you taste, the more you want to taste when it comes to things of God. The more you taste, you don't eat and say, oh yeah, I can't do it. No. People who respond to God want to continue to respond to him. And that's very, very important. You know, Jesus said, whoever has we, more will be given. Right? That's, that's actually what Jesus is saying. Whoever has will be given more. And they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even that, they do, know, they don't, they do have will be taken away from them. So people who are not searching and seeking and, you know, even what they have, they will lose. That's what happens spiritually. When you stop seeking, you don't go back. It's harder to go back. When you stop, you know, praying, doing your uh, devotional time, it's harder to go back now. But when you continue, it becomes richer and richer. Then the desire to have it more increases. Praise the name of Jesus. So it's very, very important to know that the more you thirst, it leads to more thirst, and the more you meet your thirst with the appropriate uh, drink, which comes from God, the thirstier you become for the right thing. But if you, if you, if you, if you start feeding yourself with something wrong, you know, ask people who have addiction. Ask people who are addicted to pornography. You know, it doesn't stop. You know, they want more. Then more, more, more. Ask people who are addicted to drugs. That's how it starts, because they want more. It cre- increases. Every, all these things, they are alternative that people use to fill their life and to take away their hunger for God. But when you feed your desire Appropriately, it leads to more. Praise the name of Jesus. And lastly, and we'll wrap up. You know, we must exercise spiritual exercise. It leads to more thirst, more hunger. You know, when you exercise yourself. <clears throat> First Timothy four seven says we must reject profane and old wives' fables. Exercise yourself towards godliness. You know, exercise is, spiritual exercise is needed. Spiritual exercise is sharing what you have, right? Spiritual exercise is doing something with the outpouring. You know, when you do something with the outpouring, when you serve. You know, serving is a way of exercise. Loving others is a way of exercising. That's important. Praying for others is a way of exercising. One of our brothers sent me a testimony. how he prayed for somebody at work who was bleeding and everybody was doing stuff. And he just said, you know, uh, you know, uh, how about I take you to the restroom? I have some solution to what is going on with you. And he took the gentleman to knees and prayed in the name of Jesus, and the bleeding ceased. And the guy was shocked. All right? Share that with me. That's exercising your spirit, you know, yourself. You know. And the more you have those kind of experiences, what happens, the more you want to do it. Right? And that trigger more wanting to know more about how that works, right? And that trigger wanting to explore more on that. So it is important for us as believers to exercise, to go out there, not just air. You know, let's go out and exercise. You don't exercise, you know, just inside your house. You go outside to exercise. Some people now convert their house to a gym, but it's better to go outside, get some fresh air, Okay. <laughs> get some fresh air, right? Go out there, go to your walk, go to your school, exercise yourself, do something. Walmart, Walgreens, all the walls, you know. <laughs> you know, let's do, let's, let's do something there. You know, let's exercise ourselves. Let's share our faith with others. You know, don't say, oh, I'm going to wait. Oh, you know, when I get there, you will never get there. Many believers are really stuffed, overweight spiritually, you get these every Sunday. This, the messages you get every Sunday is alone. Just share a little bit of that with somebody. Just say, this week, what, I, what I, I'm going to share it. I'm going to share it with somebody. I'm going you know, to do something about it. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we put our hands together for Jesus? Let's give him praise. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Let's thank him for the gift of hunger and thirst. Blessed. Favored. Are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? Can we lift up our hands and say, Lord, I want to mourn? Give me the gift of hunger. Can we just ask Him, Lord, just give me the help me to hunger and thirst for you? Just ask Him, Lord, I want to keep my hunger and thirst for you. Keep it up, turn it up, turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. Let it never cease, let it never stop. Let me never be satisfied to the extent that I don't want to pursue you again. No, keep that going on, Lord. Keep that, keep that, keep that, keep that. My need of you, keep it on, Lord. Keep it on, Lord. Regardless of what I'm going through, regardless of what's going on in my life, never take away my hunger for you. Father, never let my hunger... And thirst for you, turn down. No, let it never go low. Let it go up. Let it go up. Let it go up. Let it go up. In the mighty name of Jesus. Because I know hunger, thirst leads to outpouring. When there is hunger and thirst, it leads to outpouring. And let's pray, God, let me recognize when you are prompting me. You know, sometimes we miss that. I have missed that a lot of times. Lord, help me to be able to catch it when you are drawing me, when you are, you know, when you are stirring something inside of me, when you are leading me to pray, leading me to fast, leading me to study, leading me to do things. You know, that's God stirring up a hunger and a thirst inside of you because there's an outpouring that is about to come. There's an outpouring on his way. Lord! Stir it up, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you. We honor you because we have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. More, Lord, more of your anger, more.